0: I think that a lot of people will be surprised when they start asking others, break it down to me, how do you do things? And then you're gonna find out that there's a waste of time, resources, and capital happening.
1: Welcome ladies to the Real Estate Investor Show providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is part two of our mini-sewed two-part series where we're continuing to explore really what investors are challenge with right now is when buying is just not an option. And what we talked about for part one was really focused on realignment, realignment of your buying criteria, realignment of yourself. And for part two, what are we going to be talking about, Andresa?
0: We're going to talk about the things that we do have control of, which is stabilization of our current assets and also setting ourselves up for success for when an opportunity shows up because guess what Liz, not everybody is ready to buy. So let's make sure that you're listening. At the end of this episode, you will be. All right, Liz. So part one, we talk about realignment. And if you did not listen to that, please check it out. Our previous mini-sode that we talk about alignment. During this episode, we're going to talk about stabilization, Liz, I think that a lot of people sometimes focus on buying more properties instead of stabilizing and optimizing their current portfolio. So let's talk about what does that look like, right? So stabilization, making sure that the property is producing, that you have tenants there, that you have guests there, if it is a long-term or mid-term rental. And it's producing to the best of its its ability, I think a lot of people think about the next property very premature before stabilizing and making sure that it is the pro the current property is running as as a as a machine so So let's break down what does that look like to me stabilization it's how can I increase cash flow? and decrease expenses. Liz, I know that you had a recent call with your insurance company. Yeah. And you're negotiating a a lot of things, yeah. right? And same thing with 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 me, when I'm looking at I increasing- saved
1: $500 on trust, I'm very happy about that. You're happy about that, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so when we were thinking about stabilization, we were thinking about what are ways that I can increase my cash flow? When was the last time that I increased rent? Am I changing charging late fee? Do I have all the security deposits that match the current rent? You'll be surprised. A lot of people don't increase that, right? What are different fees that I'm paying right now that I can renegotiate? Verizon or whatever carrier you have, the Wi-Fi, the alarm company, uh, your utilities. There's so many fees. When was the last time that you looked through it? That you're looking through your property and management fees, what like really go through a freaking audit about every single thing and making sure that okay, if I add a laundry mat over there, is that a good investment? If I rent the laundry mat, is that a good investment or not? How can I increase that? And I know Liz that you guys had a, a portfolio where you were not focusing on buying, you were focusing. On stabilizing and that it's not the same, right? 2008 is not the same, but I think it gives us a picture. So
1: share with us what you guys did during that time. Yeah. And a sidebar is that within the downturn, when the downturn happened, I had quit my job three months prior. So great. It was great timing. Great timing. Great timing. And I would say that our, our current portfolio at the time was four single family homes, 16 units of multifamily and a vacant office building. That was it. In in, all in the Trenton, New Jersey kind of vicinity. So what we did there is. Wait, before you share what you did there,
0: let's hear a word from our sponsors.
1: The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, Visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's com and use the promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Okay. So what I did there. So, so we, you know, in our argument's sake, we were not set up for success. Like if someone said, this is a scenario, are these two going to thrive right now? Um, I think we would be bet, we, no one would be betting on us. So we did, though, is what we, we got very focused on, on, to your point, stabilization. And, and the way we did that is we took every single property by its own project and really looked at us, hey, what can we do here? Obviously, with a vacant office building that's costing us a tremendous amount of money, we needed to get that full of of small office tenants. We were looking for one tenant. We pivoted, pivoted very quickly and said, "What can we do?" So we broke that up. We broke up the the building and and really built that like a small business center. And and one by one, had tenants come into the building and start to stabilize that asset. Okay, so put put that on the side. Well, our four, four single family homes, ironically, were meant to be flipped. Then the downturn happened. So we couldn't flip them, obviously, right? So we looked at what, what were the expenses that we were paying? And we're like, okay, these are single family homes. They really should be, um, responsible for most of these, if not all of these expenses, except taxes and insurance, typically for, for single family homes. So we renegotiated that with the tenants, um, because we meant they were, they were really trying to buy them and they couldn't and, um, stabilized those four single family homes, made sure the rent, covered our mortgage, obviously our taxes and our insurance, right? So we um, really cleaned that up and, and kind of confirmed that that those potential buyers were going to be tenants instead. So that's the single family home piece. For the 16 units we had in uh, outside of Trenton, what was interesting there, the biggest thing that we did was we really tightened up our property management uh, systems and processes. Now, Andressa, you know that Matt and I, it's not like our Core genius is to be super system oriented, but you know when the when the when the shit hits the fan, you do what you can to tighten things up and get really efficient because we were, we needed to right we had to. What did you do, do specifically? Specifically, though? I was going to say. I know you're <laughs> just like, right? Well, I want You know. want to know the specifics? Here's what. Give me. Here's what you can do when you are managing property. There's a lot of wasted time and energy from a maintenance perspective. These assets were probably. B minus C plus properties. They always needed things, 16 units every day. And so what we had is our, our handyman would be going out to, you know, that unit. Then, then he'd be going to the office building and he'd be going back and forth like every, like, and it was not consistent. It was not efficient. So we set up like a plan. Okay. You're going to go to the Concords and hit all the work orders Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tuesday and Thursday, and that wasn't all day. It wasn't like a full-time gig, but Tuesday, Thursday were the other assets. If the single families needed something or, or the, um, you know, the office building needed something. And this wasn't even that far, but just that efficiency of time and energy really reduced our expense paying a handyman. And so that's the biggest thing is what can you do? What do you have control over? Um, and that's what we did. And that made a big difference. We were able to save time and money. Because he charges for that time that he's like going between the properties because technically he's on the clock with us. So that's one quick thing that you can do.
0: You know, I think that a lot of people will be surprised when they start asking others like, break it down to me. How do you do things? And then you're going to find out that there's a waste of time, resources and capital happening. So the way that I see it, I see like a hose with a lot of hose on it. You might, you will see it when it's a big hole, right? But you know, those tiny little holes, can you imagine like those little like tss, going several times? That is where your money is going to the ground. If you're not having, uh, uh, taking a look at your, your bills, your softwares, everything that's going on and really like, let me take a, do an audit. I'm not asking you to do this every month. But every six months or once in a year, really looked at how things are, so you're stabilizing and optimizing your current portfolio. Now let's talk about how can you set yourself up for success moving forward when the right quote unquote property comes, because not a lot of people are ready to to buy. And I'll share a couple of things that I have in mind. Right when you are thinking about lenders. Do you have three in your back pocket? When you're thinking about strategies, what are the options that you have? When I say three, it's like this rule of three that we always talk about. There's always three options in my head to resolve a problem. There's always three options for me to to get out of this deal. There's always three options as an exit strategy. There's always three options that I can run the numbers if I should do long-term, short-term, or mid-term rental. There's always three. If you train your brain to thinking threes, you're going to be really prepared for when things happen. So Liz, what do you have on your end in order to share? Here with people. Absolutely.
1: And when it comes to preparing for acquisition, you know, so many people just are, they're on the sidelines. They're just, they're not doing what they need to be doing now so they can get ready for the next season. And so I, to your point, do you have three sources of finding properties? I, I firmly believe distressed properties will increase. Uh, you know, there's no question as, as, as the economy shifts, there's, there's no question. So the question, so the question for you, if you're listening, how do you get in front of the right, the right people and processes to source yourself more opportunities?
0: Can I make a comment on that? Cause I think that a lot of people are hunting for properties instead of attracting properties. Okay. How can you create a system, an ecosystem where you are attracting people? Do you have a website? Do you have a form there where can people plug in? Do you have an easy way for the wholesalers to send you deals that you can connect and get back to them quickly? Right? So always think about how you are presenting yourself and attracting instead of hunting.
1: Right. And I think a good mix of, of kind of like technology, like website, online marketing is always effective and building relationships. I think a mix of the two is actually your, probably your best recipe. You know, Mindful, right, Liz? Really mindful. Like obviously, you know, really thinking, okay, in this market and, and this type of asset class, who do I need to be networking with? Not just from an, a wholesaler and a commercial broker perspective. That's obvious. But who do I need to know in this community? So that, who you know, that they can potentially refer uh, that deals that may not be kind of, quote unquote, on market. You know, I heard a great success story from someone who connected with the EMT, the, the folks that go out and help people, obviously, in, in emergencies. This person they connected with went out in this community, knew everyone in this community because they were always there helping people or what have you. They met them at some networking event. And they were like a source of deals for them because they were literally going into all these different homes, and so they'd see and they'd connect with all these individuals. Very random, but it was effective. So, what unique ways can you put yourself, you know, out there? And who can you connect with? Um The local town, the mayor. If it's a lo- if it's small small town, of course, you know the local township. So those are a few. The key is three. Have a three pronged approach for acquiring new opportunities.
0: That's awesome. And also look at companies that offer products and services to you. Always, always adding in and getting in contact with those companies and experts and professionals that have the experience and resources. Check out our monthly events where we bring experts that can bring to you tools that you can add to your toolbox. They are free every single month. We're going to add the link over here on our show notes, or you can go directly to therealstateinvestor.com slash events and check this out. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com